your sports hangout, the Radio Tab Breakfast Show. Ooh, it's getting close to the World Cup, um, so time for all the football news. As always, we're joined by producer James Clark. Morning, Clarky. Hey, boys. Morning, James. And former soccer roo, uh, Scott McDonald. How are you, Scott? Morning, morning, morning. I'm very well, thank you. Really looking forward to these next few weeks. Oh, yeah. It's going to be brilliant. Yes, it's going to be great, isn't it, Scott? Um, a lot of the teams being announced. We um, spoke last week, but uh, England's squad is announced. Um, and we thought uh, the Socceroos squad, when it was announced, just how much uh, discussion it uh, started. But uh, England always up for discussion when uh, when their squad, the World Cup squad, was announced uh, by Gareth Southgate. Uh, any surprises for you? I know Ivan Tony, who's been in terrific form for Brentford and uh, played so well the other uh, the other morning against Manchester City to get that win. Uh, he wasn't picked. A great penalty taker is Ivan Tony. I think he's got 17 from 17. So I, would, would you have liked to have seen him there? Yeah, I, I actually fully believe he should have been there. Um, you know, it was interesting to say, you know, Gareth was talking about another striker, talking about he's, he's just found, not found the form at the right time. Well, if that's the case, then what about Tony, you know, finding the form? And I know it's like everyone will talk even further because of he's double against Manchester City on the weekend. But even before that and last season, he's been unbelievable in the Premier League considering he's playing for Brentford and the amount of goals he's scored. Um, so that was probably the biggest surprise, you know, for me. Jaden Sancho was another one that people, well, he's just not been informed, but he has been in a lot of squads. Um but obviously not picked either. Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, Alexander also in the squad. A lot of people were questioning whether he would make it. Um, I think the 26-man squad kind of helped Gareth Southgate a little bit, pick a few extras just to keep the media happy. But you can't keep them all happy, Clarkie. No. You're always going yes. to miss out on someone, and someone's going to write that story and, and make a, a big deal out of it. Even a Leicester player got picked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. James Madison, who, who's been in terrific form, but we surprised. Uh, I wasn't surprised, but it's it's just about fitting him in the squad. I mean, we know he's a, a prodigious talent, and he's just playing such good football. So, but in World Cups, how often do we see England get to a, 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 the knockout stage and then get to the penalties? I, I just I just reckon Ivan Tony, just his confidence. Over the ball in his, at uh, yeah. in penalties, I yeah. just would have liked to have seen him there. I, I think it would have given a lot of England supporters a, a fair bit of hope too. Yeah, look, I think this group, though, obviously a majority of them were, were part of that in the in the Euro, you know, twenty twenties, um, you know, final uh, and missing those penalties. So you'd like to think that they've learned from that experience a little bit and become, you know, a lot better for it. Um, however, yeah, you do make a good point about Ivan Tony and. He's penalty taken, but he can't take all five either, Clarky. That's a shame for them because <laughs> I reckon he'd probably score five out of five. Yeah, he would. Um, but look, yeah, I, I think uh, going back to James Madison, I think uh, he'll fit in just nicely for me. I think when a guy's in form just as much as he is, um, he deserves to be there and, and really, really push him for a, for a starting eleven place because there was all that talk about Jack Grealish at that time before the. Uh, before the Euros, you know, get him in. We've got to get him in the team. You know, he's, he's electric. He's so skillful. He can open defences up. But to be fair, um, I really believe that Madison's that guy this time round for England. Hey, Scott, just on the old penalty takers, um, if we assume that it is the case that you just can't possibly in practice replicate the pressure 
of taking a penalty in a match. How do managers and coaches go around picking the first five penalty takers? I mean, obviously, you get your, your striker in there, I suppose, as one of them. But who do they look at uh, for the balance of the shots? In, in all honesty, uh, generally, it's usually the players that pick. Is um, it the, the, head, the head coach won't pick you because he wants to see the character and, and the belief of the player. So many times in the past, and probably after, you know, when someone misses a penalty, the, the coach will go, well, he stood up, he wanted to take it, not everyone wanted to take it. Uh, and I think that that's still the old tradition and, and still the case. It's not a tactical decision mm. from a coach. It's it's kind of who's got the bottle to step up and and have the cool and calmness in that moment to slot it, you know, to slot it away. But you're right. You just can't, you know, replicate um, being in front of you know sixty plus thousand, particularly playing for your nation. Everything's riding on it, uh, and you've got to score. That's mm. that, that's hard to replicate. So. Um, you know, it's all about your mindset um, before you go up there. And, and not I don't know how Ivan Tony does it. He, he waits for the goalkeeper to, to obviously move before he slots it. That is bravery at its highest and, and, and intelligence. Um, but I always used to go up and pick my spot before I got there. Okay. I, I found that that worked really well. Um, and I made sure that I was as accurate and as, as powerful as possible. It's powerful, yeah. Yeah, a bit like... Uh... Pilo with his Panenka, like that, that, that is the ultimate, in, the, the ultimate in bravery in a tournament, wasn't it? Um, well, well Zidane as well. Oh, Zidane, Zidane, yeah, in like the World Cup final as well, off the bar. But we see some of the best. We see some of the best, like Beckham. You know, missed. Uh, we just we we see it a lot, don't we? Uh, Bobby Firmino the other the other morning missing it. Like some of the best penalty takers uh, just just bottle it, and that's just that's just sport, isn't it? But uh, Scott, yeah. the uh, the the love affair and the happy marriage. Of, of Ronaldo with Manchester United looks looks doomed, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, look, there's been a lot made of it, uh, particularly in in the UK in the last you know 48 hours um, since that interview snippet dropped. Um, but yeah, it's fair to say that Cristiano ain't going back to Manchester after the World Cup. I just can't see that happening. Um, you know, he's let everything out. Um, you know, he may feel that way. Um, a lot of people are saying it was just tactical that just to get out and force the issue. Um, but it, it's, it's get your popcorn out, isn't it, for everyone else and uh, have a listen. But we knew it was going to end uh, in tears. It just it hasn't gone well at all from the start of the season. We've talked about this so much uh, in this segment that, you know, and I've, I've been a big advocate saying that they should have let him go. That, you know, to, they've just created the problem even further for themselves, Manchester United, by... Uh, actually keeping him on board and the owners wanting to keep him for, for image rights. They need to now let him go and, and let the club move forward and let Cristiano move forward in a separate pathway. But it's sad to see as well because a legacy um, of an individual player who who done so much at that football club now is in tatters. Um, but again, hopefully over time, like most things, um, that will be mended. Um, but right now, um, there's a lot of unhappy people with him. Yeah, and you just hate to see the, you know, the, the, the souring of relationships, the, the teammates. You know, he's, he's had a clip at Rooney as well, and you just go, where, where's this going? And uh, you, you know where it's going. He's, he's, he's going to be going. So, but um, we saw on the EPL, Scott, um, Arsenal now five points clear at the top before Christmas, uh, which is which is incredible. But City lost to Brentford, which we touched on. Spurs leave it yeah. late to defeat Leeds, but still in fourth despite. A lot of their fans not liking the way Conte plays, uh-huh. but um, 
he still gets gets it done. Um, and but I, I want to get your uh, your opinion on David Moyes at West Ham and Frank Lampard at Everton. They're they're two two managers a lot of people have liked over the years, but David Moyes just seems a bit of a shrinking violet at the moment, and Frank Lampard and a lot of a lot of pressure on him at Everton. Yeah, absolutely. Look, starting on David Moyes, David Moyes has done a wonderful job at West Ham up until this point. So, um, yes, you're in the Premier League. Yes, you lose a couple of games. You're in the limelight and uh, you're under pressure severely. Uh, the breaks probably come at a very good time for, for Moyes and West Ham United. Um, and, I, look, I, I see him sticking around a little while longer. Um, if they can stay out of that drop zone, obviously European football is, is where they want to be. Um, and he's got a job on his hands to get there. On the other hand, with Frank Lampard, I think it's only a matter of time. Um, I think uh, we've seen at the end of last season that you know there was desperations near the end, obviously just surviving. I think it was on the second last day of the season. Um, it's not really worked out recruitment-wise for him. They've not had the turn uh, of form that he would have hoped, and, uh, and I just see that Everton fans are getting ever more disgruntled by the week. Um, Again, the breaks come at a perfect time for him, um, but they need to start well when they come back, or else I think you know the writing's on the wall for, for Frank, unfortunately. Uh, Scott, one of the phrases we use a lot in this segment is one of your old clubs, and one of your old clubs, <laughs> <laughs> Celtic, is out here uh, in the not-too-distant yeah. future. Uh, are you in any way involved in bringing them out, or while they're here, are you going to be, sort of be with them, or what's the situation? Yes, uh, one of my main clubs the club all my life so yes um, yeah well, look uh, I am actually working with them in an ambassadorial uh, oh, very good. role and commitment throughout the week which I'm really excited about and looking forward to um, TEG Sport brought them out um, and they approached myself to, to be a part of it and so did Celtic so um, I'm, I'm able to shadow Ange and, and the team for the, for the full week as well which I'm, I'm really really excited about and, and pleased about um, and, yeah, it's just going to be a wonderful occasion. I'm sure there's going to be green and white take over, you know, the, the whole of Sydney um, for these next, you know, four days from Thursday till Sunday. Um, if you haven't got tickets, then I would advise you to go and get them if you are a Sydney mm. sider or perhaps you want to travel um, because there's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere that the, the Celtic fans are, are certainly going to make for their team. And it's going to be great to, to see all the, the Celtic stars come out because... I think there's only three or four of them that actually are going to the World Cup and the rest are coming, so it's, it's going to be great. And they kick it off against, obviously, Sydney FC on Thursday night at the Allianz Stadium, which I'm really looking forward to because um, the, the new stadium just looks absolutely awesome. And then they'll play Everton um, on Sunday at, at the Accor Stadium as well. So um, it's going to be a great event. And, uh, yeah, uh, really, really looking forward to it, guys. It's funny how the sporting world turns. Ange Postacoglu now apparently by the English press here, Scott has been linked to the Everton job if they are looking for a new manager. And remember when he got there on the scene, they said, you know, in Scotland, who's this brash Aussie who's developed this form of football from the A-League and the J-League? Well, who is he? How does it work? And now they're saying, oh, they, people want Ange to be their manager because he's a straight talker that plays an exciting brand of football. So it only takes about 12 months for the world to turn. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and, and look, it is a world game for a reason. We are seeing that this, particularly the next four weeks of that. Um, there's a great story about, um, you know, a boy that that's uh, the Canada national team coach that's from County Durham, 
Um, you know, he'll be going up against some big, big nations uh, throughout the World Cup. But Andrew's done an exceptional job. Um, and let's not forget, you know, Andrew's been a coach for 20-plus years. Mm. So it's not just something he, he picked it up and went, right, oh, I'm going to do this. Um, like so many thought when he came to Celtic that he was a novice. Um, he was far from it. With, with a guy that had success at every football club he's been at. Um, he's, he's a special type, but, you know, obviously he took our country to, to the World Cup as well, to two World Cups. I have to add, you know, didn't go to the second one, mind you. Um, and look, he's doing exceptional things. However, I don't see him leaving Celtic anytime soon. I think he's still got a lot to do um, in his mind at the club. Um, but if he keeps on this trajectory, um, it will only be a matter of time for sure. Now, Scott, uh, we'll, we'll let you go, but uh, Matilda's on tonight. They had an impressive win over Sweden, albeit it was a friendly, but... Uh, was it was it positive signs for for Tony Gustafsson? And I know it was there was some wonderful goals, Caitlin Ford in great form. But is it is it still papering over the cracks a bit? And they take on Thailand tonight. Well, look, it's positive, isn't it? You know, I've been highly critical of Tony Gustafsson to this point, and um, you know, when when people win games, you've got to give them plaudits. So uh, you know, very well done to to the team, and I'm hoping that this is you know on the the right path you know, heading towards 2023, that we can continue to, to win games and gain confidence and gain belief within the system and the style that he wants to play and that the players all buy in. And I think they will now. I think because we're getting so close now to the World Cup in 2023 um, over here in Australia and New Zealand that I think all the players now are, are really focused in, and wanting to perform and make sure that they're in that squad. So he's going to certainly have some motivated players. There's no question. They're not going to throw their toys out the pram. They're going to try and give them absolutely everything he can possibly have, um, which will bode well for Tony, I think. Um, let's just wait and see, I guess. <laughs> Scott, always a pleasure to chat to you. We'll catch up later in the week. Uh, um, maybe you have a developed a, an Irish accent by then. We don't know. Might be the Guinness coming out when you're joined <laughs> by those from Celtic. Uh, but we'll chat yeah, Thursday. Well, and... well, certainly the Scottish one will come out. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> There he is, uh, our man Scott McDonald.